Hey, thank you for tuning in to Music Marvels with the Chick with Beats and Breezy Gibson. I am music producer Chick with Beats. And I'm social media influencer Breezy Gibson. (laughs) We're glad that you're with us today. Once again, got another show lined up for you with uh, some of the things that have been kind of buzzing around the music industry and whatnot. And of course, you know, we always try to filter in some tips and stuff, you know, along with that. And of course, there's Beats by yours truly. So, you know, I'm just pretty excited about the show. Like to give a super warm shout out and our thank yous to our home stations, Grander Radio out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, and Sparks Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm kind of excited to get this going. How about you? How you doing, Bree? Man, you know, <laughs> I've had a tidal wave of all kind of foul things happening to me since the last time we spoke. But hey, you know, it's a good day. And so, you know, I'm happy I'm here great day to be rolling so let's go yeah yeah most definitely guess what happy you're here too and you know what i feel like i've kind of been hearing that as a recurring theme really if i'm being honest throughout the year but even more so right now it feels like everybody's been kind of feeling the weight and so you know if you're listening and you're one of those people we hope that this you know kind of warms your soul a little bit and uh (laughs) you know brightens your day with the information that you can use to kind of take hold and take charge of your career and get it going the way you want it to in 2024, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, don't wait till 2024. You got to start that right now. So that's why we're here. And uh, so, yeah, hey, you know, we're happy to make some things happen. We're happy to be blessed to make some things happen. So let's get it. All right, let's go.
Hey family, this is Breezy Gibson, social media influencer. If you're an aspiring artist, or if you're a seasoned professional music artist, and you have a music video that you want to share with a global television audience, your search is over. Whether it's jazz, rock, hip-hop, Latino, gospel, pop music, country, house, techno, reggae, Hispanic, and other genres, this is the right spot. Whether you're located in the United States, Europe, Africa, South America, India, Mexico, Asia, Australia, Italy, or other countries, we got you covered. Contact me at GetSparksNow at gmail.com. That's G-E-T-S-P-A-R-K-X-N-O-W at gmail.com or leave me a message at 678-632-2620. Let's get it together. Hey, this is a chick with beats. I am a multi-genre music producer and strategist to indie artists and labels. Visit my website, thechickwithbeats.com, for resources for artists and instrumentals available in various genres for songs, vlogs, blogs, podcasts, themes, TV, film, commercials, and more. Once again, that's thechickwithbeats.com, A-C-H-I-C-K. W-I-T-B-E-A-T-Z. Let's make something happen. All right, we're back with music industry news. You've probably heard by now, but, you know, this is one of those things with stories that's just been kind of floating around. But Wu-Tang is actually billed as the first ever hip-hop residency at the theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas. So, you know, I think that that's a wonderful thing. Um for the people that will be traveling and get the chance to take part in that. I, I think that's an awesome and beautiful thing. But um, yeah, fresh off the sold out arena tour, Wu-Tang Clan, the saga continues. Now it's dot, 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 the Las Vegas residency. So it kicks off Super Bowl weekend, February 9th and 10th with additional performances scheduled for March 22nd and the 23rd. So, hey, if you got the means to make it happen, if that's something you're interested in, check it out, report back, let us know what you think. But, you know, I think time and time again has just proved how viable hip hop is, you know, as both, you know, the culture, but even as rap and genre, you can see like all the people who've been cashing in (laughs) this year uh, while trying to celebrate it, um, you know, regardless how you feel about that. It's just a matter of fact, you know, hip hop rap can sell things and we're starting to see more of these partnerships and more acknowledgement of that actually coming along so hey you know kudos to Wu-Tang for uh, doing something so monumental absolutely positively and um you know I I that's just my feelings I love the fact that it's coming in uh along with the um the um on Super Bowl weekend Okay, mm-hmm. so you know, hey, here we go. You know, so <laughs> let's uh, let's get that going. It's a great thing. Yeah. All right, and uh, you know, news has it that uh, SoundCloud is already profitable, even though Spotify is still actually chasing that. Um, <laughs> you know what they're hoping to become profitable, but um, yeah, SoundCloud has forecasted about a two million uh, euro positive earnings before interest and you know taxes all that good stuff for 2023 it's a notable increase from the 29 million negative that they had last year so imagine that going from being in the hole 29 million euros and now all of a sudden you're going to be positive 2 million within a span of a year 
So, I mean, you know, there's kind of something, to, a nugget to take away from that. <laughs> things can change. Things can shift. And obviously, SoundCloud has been working really hard to try to make that happen. Um, they're projecting annual revenues of $310 million uh, U.S. dollars for 2023, which is an increase of 9% uh, from the year before. So they're saying that most of this comes from SoundCloud's fan subscriptions, which are up 30%, while creator fees rose about 4%. So those are the people that are paying to you know, be able to host more tracks and you know, get it promoted properly or whatever the case may be, depending on how they actually use SoundCloud. So, you know, that's a small increase there, but that does mean that obviously more artists, DJs, musicians are willing to pay for it. But yeah, the fans are the ones that are actually making the change. So yeah, kudos to you out there. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to SoundCloud and, you know, subscribing so that way they can listen to uh, some of their favorites, especially, you know, any, in, any independents out there. Um, yeah, what you're doing is valuable, so keep up the good work. But man, can you believe it? SoundCloud actually reached profitability before Spotify. Well, you know, um, a lot of times people like to put, like to make facades, okay, and, and ride on those facades. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you get a facade out there and uh, a certain group or a number of folks uh, believing in that facade or taking that facade, to be um, an advantage, and when it's really not, <laughs> okay. So, mm -hmm. hey, some some folks put in some hard work, and some uh, other things happen to make this all culminate culminate in that uh, that profitability. So, hey, there you go. Folks are saying one thing, and it actually is something else. And so, uh, um, you just gotta be patient and actually see things all the way through. Now see, yep, you just said a mouthful right there. <laughs> That's the, the old saying, the proof is in the pudding, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't always go by what it looks like, that's for sure. <laughs> there you go, there you go. <laughs> Excellent point. You know, speaking of which, <laughs> not to digress too much, but um, that's another thing that I think is really important with uh, understanding like your analytics and stuff from you know, these streaming services, whatever you're using like for your metrics, it's really important to understand the numbers behind it. So around this time of year, you know, you start seeing the Spotify wrapped and some of the other streaming companies have their own version of it and whatnot. And, you know, when you look at numbers on the surface, they can appear one way, but, you know, it's really important to kind of drill down and figure out what's going on. Because just like you said, the looks could be deceiving. So, you know, if somebody's bragging that they had, I don't know, a gazillion shazams or something well you know that doesn't mean that everybody that heard the song was necessarily like oh i definitely need this in my collection i've actually shazam stuff so i knew who the artist was so i could stay away from it before <laughs> so yeah you always got to kind of dig deeper and uh what's what's your favorite phrase about inspecting yeah uh inspect what you expect there it, yeah there it is yeah good point <laughs> really mm -hmm. glad you brought that up hmm all right. Snoop Dogg is launching Death Row Pro production music unit in partnership with Sony Music's Extreme Music. So, man, that's a lot of music's in there. But <laughs> Death Row is basically planning to deliver its iconic sound specifically for professional music users through its new venture. And 
So that's going to actually unveil unreleased tracks from the Death Row archives that we haven't heard before. Well, most of us. I know there's going to be somebody out there that's going to be like, oh, I was in my cousin's car when he had the demo or whatever. So, yeah, okay. Most of us haven't heard. Some of you guys probably did. But yeah, it's also going to be alongside freshly crafted West Coast-centric hip-hop infused with the Death Row essence, as they say. And so um, it's anticipated for release in January of 2024. And they say it's going to be an immersive experience into their musical legacy. So I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. Um, I feel like this feels kind of similar to what Golden State was doing as far as like their entertainment division. Like you could hear um, how they were highlighting specific artists during the games and stuff like that. So again, this is one of those partnerships that makes sense. And so I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. What about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you never know. There's a lot of folks who had a hand uh, in that uh, that original um, death row. Uh, and I mean, a lot of musicians, a lot of, of support here, there, you know, coming from the heart of the various communities and such. And um, so, yeah, we, I'm, I'm really wanting to see how this plays out because, um, and a lot of those people who had a hand in the original uh, ended up one way or the other um, getting overlooked and so on and so mm-hmm. forth. So, hey, here's an opportunity, um, you know, for those who were overlooked, you know, somebody's, uh, Snoopy's reaching out with a helping hand, hey, you know, this may have happened way back then, or that may have happened way back then, but look, let's give it a, a new wash, a new uh, rinse, and uh, let's see what we can make happen. And, you know, now they're right back in there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it's a great opportunity. And, yeah, I'd love to hear some stuff from the vault. So, yeah, we'll see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. All right, Rock the Bells has partnered with M&M's to introduce the Rock the Bells HBCU School of Music campaign. And so uh, Rock the Bells says that they're aiming to champion HBCUs and provide opportunities to spotlight the incredible talent within the campuses. And so basically they're kind of using this to be able to preserve and celebrate the legacies of HBCUs with deep connections to many hip hop icons through content, commerce, and experiences so you know i think that ever since ll cool j was able to grab hold of rock the bells you know since right should have been with him from the beginning but i mean just to see the strides that the company's been taking uh, since then and making sure that there's representation and honoring um, so many of the all the elements i guess of hip-hop knowledge is one of those that they say is you know technically the fifth missing one that doesn't necessarily get called out all the time but to be able to say you know hey we're gonna highlight these hbcus that have done much for the culture and vice versa i think that it's a wonderful thing especially you know i'm a big fan of education higher education you know depending on what you're doing but yeah to kind of marry that with the music i think is a wonderful thing a very, 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 very wonderful thing. All right. Megan B. Stallion partners with Warner Music Group for distribution while remaining independent. So, you know, of course, there was a lot of buzz talking about how she said that she was independent. Wasn't going to let another label, you know, take advantage of her the way that the first one did. 
but um, so she's still maintaining the independence but securing a distribution deal is a great look there are a lot of independent artists um well that have more mainstream popularity that do the same thing and so instead of basically just signing the masters over and letting them take everything and then shell out pennies to her she's maintaining that control and just partnering for distribution so they're going to distribute her upcoming music and it's also going to include support from the employees at 300 entertainment and other you know under the warner music umbrella and rock nation is still managing her so but yeah it's a great move one that most people recommend for artists so if you ever get that opportunity instead of actually just signing to a label distribution is the way to go that way you can still be in charge of your art and be the one that benefits the most from it yeah being in charge of your art is it's just so so uh crucially important and um as an artist if you can uh manage to get in that spot where you have control of your of your creativity oh man you know that's like 10 red carpets being rolled out in front of you so yeah yeah so that's a good thing All right, next up, the MLC is being audited by Bridgeport Music, and this is the same company that actually represents George Clinton and Funkadelic. So a little bit of background, the Music Modernization Act is what created the MLC to be able to collect and distribute the mechanical royalties to try to match and pay out as many of the unmatched and unpaid mechanical royalties, which are called black box royalties, as possible, because before they actually created it the pool of black box royalties was 427 million dollars so that's a lot of money that was just sitting there because they didn't know who it belonged to and so by creating the mlc you know for the checks and balances then you know that's the best shot they got to actually making sure that artists get what are what is actually coming to them what's due i should say but um yeah that's a huge amount of money and by the way if you're not really familiar with the mlc you know check it out we've talked about it multiple times on the show but it is something that you still have to register for so it's not like they're just gonna magically shift money to your account you got to make sure that every single work that you've released is recorded there so that way they can uh, make sure that you get your royalties but you know another discussion for another time but this is actually the first time that the mlc has been audited since it started operating in january of 2021 And so, you know, when the actual law was passed, the MLC can periodically audit licensed digital services. So Spotify, Pandora, all those ones that, you know, you're used to hearing. And um, the law also allows copyright owners to periodically audit the MLC to make sure that they're accurately accounting for the royalty payments. So I find it kind of interesting that no one's taken advantage of this before now. But I also find it interesting that it's George Clinton's representation (laughs) that decided to be the first to do it. And I mean, Bridgeport has been pretty litigious in the past and they, you know, kind of do the checks and balances. And if they're owed some money, they're going to get it. So, I mean, it depends on how well the audit does to see what happens from that. But, you know, if you're not familiar with the whole George Clinton, uh, and the whole royalty situation there 
you might want to get familiar. It's a very interesting story, something that all independent artists can learn from. Um, man, I'll have to uh, drop it maybe in the comments or something about the documentary that was available on either Showtime or Prime that just kind of showed how, you know, he's making all this money, bringing in all these people, and then, you know, kind of loses his royalties in you know maybe he might not have been 100 percent um in his full consciousness at the time that he signed it but he's been battling to try to get everything that he's been owed for a while and so yeah the the story in itself is interesting but the history behind it is as well and so yeah we'll definitely keep you posted on uh how this turns out but yeah you have any thoughts or comments to add to that <laughs> oh my now i've i've been on the corporate end of a lot of audits and um you know the first thing i i think about when i you know hear you um go through the story is the length of time uh you know saying okay so it's going to be the first time that they've been audited since uh 2021 okay mm -hmm. so to me that um my stomach turns at that <laughs> okay and <laughs> yeah. the reason why is because um you know, I happen to be in position once with a corporate audit. Uh, normally, they took place um, three times a year. Okay. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> this particular time, a whole year had gone by since the last one. And <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, there was a lot of, <laughs> there's just a lot of stuff uncovered in that time frame that just led to conniptions all around so um you know i'm 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 very uh, i'm looking at this in a positive way okay uh for them it's just that that fact that it's the first time they've been audited since you know two years ago you know yeah that's what really kind of i get I, I i get memories <laughs> Whoa, you know, if they had said three first time since uh last quarter, that's different. But yeah. For two, three years, oh boy. You know, so but you know, we'll keep it on the upper up and uh hope that it comes through great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a lot of a lot of paperwork to be going through, a lot of data to be combing and yeah. But hey, you know, depending on well, I guess theoretically it could be a win win either way. So if they find that there is money that should be shifted or, you know, wasn't really accounted for the way that it should have been, then it can be corrected. Or two, you know, if everything's fine, everything's on the up and up, then that means that they've been doing a great job for these last couple of years. Yes, so, yeah. yes. It, 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 it's, it's, you know, if something comes up, you know, where they're looking for an you know, X person or a Y person to verify this or that, you know, if that person has left the company, you know, or even if they've left the country, See, that's where some of these situations pop up because even though you know there's a paper trail, a lot of times they still want to talk to somebody to um, learn the ins and outs of actually what took place and so forth. And if that person is out of touch or out of the country, you know, then you know there's some there's some consternation that pops up sometimes. So again, you know, I'm looking for some great things out of this i just you know uh don't you know don't want anything um unforeseen to pop up where uh the whole thing gets stalled out 
because of, of inability to connect with certain uh, people that were involved during those times that aren't uh, reachable right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, with them having been put together for the purpose that they were put together, even in that particular case, if they've been, you know, dotting their I's, crossing their T's, then there should be more than one person on those particular things. So hopefully <laughs> they've been doing it right the whole way along. And then, you know, if that does pop up, then, you know, hopefully it won't be too harmful to derail things. But yeah, either way, we'll keep you guys posted. That's right. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Armada's $100 million beat music fund has made a series of rights deals in the UK and one of those deals includes the entire catalog of Sola Records. So um, Armada Music's beat and that's best ever acquired tracks music fund is progressing in its mission to invest $100 million in dance music rights within the first two years. So recently it announced new acquisitions which was again the Sola Records entire back catalog and a substantial portion of Viva Music's catalog. And so they've got uh, master recordings for Randy Zombie and Human Resources Nominator. And the fund hasn't actually disclosed how much they bought those for, but I mean, the fact that they're taking this money and just throwing it <laughs> at the music that they want, I mean, we'll see what happens. We've seen that happen with hypnosis and obviously for them, it's not going too well, but you know, maybe in this particular case, um, you know, as long as they can scale the growth uh, pretty well, then this could be a great thing. And I happen to be a fan of dance music. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching to uh, see how things progress for them. Mm-hmm. All right, Warner Music's ADA Worldwide has a global distribution deal with the historic music label. Uh, Omnivore. And so Omnivore Recordings focuses on historical releases, reissues, unreleased vintage recordings, and select new music in CD, vinyl, and digital formats. So they're trying to make sure they got all the bases covered um, <laughs> for you know the good old stuff. So ADA will globally distribute Omnivore's entire catalog and their new releases. So, you know, I feel like there's often a lot of these stories but it always seems like they kind of ramp up around this time of year it looks like everybody's in a rush to get the good stuff on their books (laughs) before it switches over what do you think (laughs) yeah well that before it switches over that's the key yeah so uh you know so we have to sit back and watch that and uh just like we watch everything else and some great things can can come out of it and some improvements can come out of it another way so we'll see what happens yeah all right spotify has confirmed that they're testing prompt-based ai playlists and so this is so funny to me when this is how the stories start so particularly a lot of these outlets have picked it up but every single outlet points back to that they got the news from a tiktok user (laughs) so yeah the tiktok user is the real reporter on the ground here but um they shared screenshots revealing that the ai playlist feature is accessed from the your library tab in the spotify app and it's under the existing playlist and blend options so then like once you access that it'll give you a chance to type your prompt into like a chat box chat box style type box and um 
you can browse through suggested prompts something like get focused at work with instrumental electronica fill the silence and background cafe music and they give a lot more other prompts for people to try so it's being tested which means it's in beta it's not necessarily available to everyone but if you use spotify you may as well check it out and see if it is available um they said depending on the success they may or may not keep it so it's just one of those things that's just kind of floating and i guess we have to see how uh people adopt it if they do or don't what do you think <laughs> hey you know it's it's a a will or won't type of deal where um you know we just have to we just have to sit back and watch <laughs> on, on this one um you know there, there's so many things going on and uh especially with spotify okay yeah. so you know we just take the magnifying glass and sit back and, and uh put our feet up and and, and watch and just see how this plays out <laughs> now speaking of things going on with spotify They've reversed their decision to pull out of Uruguay after the government clarified its recent changes to the music copyright laws. So if you recall, we shared with you maybe about two or three weeks ago that they were planning to get out of there because they thought that they were going to have to pay twice based on the new law, which, I mean, honestly, with the verbiage behind it, I feel like they knew that that's not really what the government was saying, but they had to make a big stink about it to make sure that it was clarified so they could stay there. But that's just my personal opinion. But for the actual facts on the matter, the Uruguayan government had clarified that rights holders, not streaming services like Spotify, are responsible for ensuring artists receive fair compensation. And so once they actually came out and said that, Spotify said, fine, we're not going to leave, we'll actually stay. But mind you, every time this was an issue, they have a spokesperson that says, we pay 70% of every dollar to the rights holders, which, I mean, 70 is the majority. Definitely sounds kind of okay on the surface, but if you look at it, how would you feel, you know, if you (laughs) just think about management in general, most managers aren't taking 30% off the top. That's still a huge number or percentage that's not going to the rights holders. But yeah, it's just kind of funny that their spokesperson loves to say that part, but we don't ever talk about how that's still not really a good split. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts to share? Well, you know, it just it just immediately takes me right back to the, the, the Clinton story about the audits. Okay, well, see, you know, some impromptu decisions are being made about this or that, you know, the, 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 the percentages that somebody's getting and so on and so forth. You know, has that really and truly been documented in, in, in the fashion it's supposed to be? Or, or is it just uh, something that's just happening off the cuff? It's like you say, 30 percent. That's a lot. Of, that's a that's a lot. It is. It's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot. If you're not actually contributing to the art itself, you're just providing. I mean, don't get me wrong. The platform is important. I mean, it's part of the reason why some people are listening to us right now. But at the same time, you know, that's way too high of a percentage to to be a a passive person in the process. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Don't cancel our show. All right. (laughs) 
All right. There's been a little clash over uh, Luminate's record sales data. And so apparently they're thinking about changing how they report things. And since they've announced that, people have been kind of upset. Like, hey, you're going to lose out on, you know, some of these stats that let people know exactly how important vinyl is. So for right now, indie retailers make up about 40% of total physical sales in Luminate's data. So their data covers 93.3% of overall physical music sales, but that still means that less than 7% won't be accounted for. And so they're saying that, okay, well, we gather our sales data from 95% of independent stores that sell over a thousand units weekly. So they feel like by focusing on the larger ones, they can still kind of give you a good picture. But everyone else is saying is that's not necessarily the case. There's a lot of smaller record stores that are doing big business. And, um, you know, even though it's not something that Luminate might take that way, it still affects the numbers quite a bit. So, I mean, as far as I know, the changes are still going to go forward, but, you know, we'll have to see. But that's going to mean that more store owners are actually reporting directly to Luminate. So, hey, if you're one of those people that, you know, has a record shop or whatever, please make sure you do your due diligence. So uh, that way these numbers can still accurately be tracked. Great point. (laughs) All right. Uh, the music marketing startup called Breaker has raised more capital and paid $3.5 million to creators already. So the platform specializes in linking record labels, artists, brands, and influencers for large-scale programmatic uh, campaigns. And they've secured an additional $1.9 million after uh, closing a $4.2 million funding round back in 2021. So over the last two years, it's onboarded over 30,000 influencers and yeah the 3.5 million in creator transactions is a huge number and so we'll have to see what happens with this too but the fact that they've you know done so much with the money that they had and now they've got some more going in we got to see what else comes out of this I feel like we're going to be having some more stories about them pretty soon yeah I agree with that Mm -hmm. Um, so we just have to keep our ears open yeah all right, and finally, the defunct Gimme Radio has sold its e-commerce assets to Main Factor, and Main Factor says they might actually relaunch the streaming service. So uh, they specialize in uh, the the term entertainment commerce, and with them saying that they're you know they went ahead and snatched the stuff up, they said that they want to continue Gimme's mission delivering a platform for engagement and unique and limited vinyl records and merchandise to some of the world's most dedicated music consumers. So basically they said, you know, hey, even though the platform wasn't working out for you guys, maybe we can make it work. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I feel like we have a lot of these stories about uh, companies that are based on trying to highlight things that aren't mainstream music. And, you know, sometimes it picks up, gains some steam, sometimes it doesn't. But the fact that uh, Main Factor was interested in acquiring it kind of shows that they're willing to bet that maybe the, the platform just needed a little more time than it had. So as with all the rest of the stories today, definitely something we have to kind of wait and watch. But, you know, hey, I feel like there's still been kind of in, uh, a recurring theme, uh, very subtle one, but 
people are willing to put some time and energy behind the stuff that they think will last and most of those happen to be original ideas and uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot to kind of take away from that but i think that that's probably one of the main ones so you know as you're thinking about what you want to do uh, with your music in the new year uh like i said said it time and time again trends are cool but if you stick with something that actually means something to you guess what it's going to come across the listeners will be touched and you know that's the things that people are actually investing in so yeah like i said i feel like it's always a recurring theme just kind of like the undertone of all the news stories but yeah it's important to kind of you know process what you've heard and uh think about and reflect on how you can make it work for yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 100 on that one right well man this time always just flies by today it seems like it flew even faster we got another saturday left in the year (laughs) before it hits 2024 i mean yeah it's been a great time um always enjoy sharing these nuggets and having these conversations and again super huge thank you to our home stations grander radio out of grand rapids michigan and sparks radio out of atlanta georgia and yeah i've had a great time how about you yeah yeah really did and uh that was some impactful information so it shows a, a, a definite direction that um the industry is going in uh in a diverse way so yeah. um keep it locked and uh zone in follow up with these stories and uh, you've become even uh richer in uh information once you do follow up with them so yeah yeah absolutely so till next time you know where to find us tune in tell a friend and we'll see you then peace peace